Welcome to the Grow Love Live podcast, weekly content and conversations aimed to inspire and equip you to grow in the gospel, love like family, and live on mission in the everyday stuff of life. I'm Matt Carlson, and I'm here with Mr. Dom Nuncio. Oh, good morning, dude. What's up, bro? How's it going? So good. Mm, that music's getting my heart bumping. Mm, mm, love yes. it. Mm. Well, here we are, episode two. It's fun to sit across from you again. We're so close. So close. I love it. Uh, Dom, you know what's been on my mind, my heart, is uh, we're all in this together. Mm. Have you, did you know that? In these uncertain times? Mm-hmm. In these unprecedented, uncertain times. And out of the abundance of caution. Yes. We're in it together. That's what Karen would say. Mm. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Oh, if you uh, are paying attention, these are buzzwords. These are our, our buzzwords that we are just swimming in, especially over the last, uh, what is it, 10, 11, 12, I don't know, it's been a year. Five years, something. Five years? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> buzzwords, and uh, you know, buzzwords have a, have a way of you know, working into getting themselves into our lives and just completely being drained of meaning. Mm. You know, can you think of a few other buzzwords that we might be familiar with? Well, according to Huffington Post, here's the 12 words that are overused mm. and don't really mean anything anymore. <laughs> Lay them on me. Literally. Mm. Unique. <laughs> awesome. Amazing. Totally. Okay, let me just stop you there. Those are literally, <laughs> literally, literally, those are like the words I use all day long. That's amazing. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm feeling a little embarrassed right now. Totally. <laughs> Basically, incredible, <laughs> really, very, and can I just honestly tell Honest you something right now? <laughs> Buzzwords. Those are the top 12, and uh, those yeah. are for sure in my vocabulary little buzzword salad right there for mm. for all of our listeners serving it up serving it up it's good stuff well buzzwords are they yeah they're a thing and they are a thing not just out in the world but they're a thing in the church and uh so there's a lot of different buzzwords that kind of float around in the church and we want you know part of what we want to do with this podcast is bring clarity to things that tend to remain meaningless and ambiguous until they go defined and so one of those words I would say is a buzzword is the word gospel. Mm, I'm going to gospel that. Dude, gospel me, bro. Gospel you right now. It is so gospel-licious. I mean, get the, I love the word gospel, but it is, yeah, especially over the last several uh, years. I mean, it's been more and more a, a buzzword, and it gets thrown around, tossed around a lot. And it doesn't, I mean, have you ever noticed that you can be talking to somebody using the word gospel, gospel, and it just... Uh, you mean you're on two different pages? Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm going to gospel them right now. Dude, just bring the gospel. He brought the gospel. He brought the gospel. He brought it. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just need the gospel right now. <laughs> the gospel was missing. Yeah. I didn't know it was an adjective and a verb. And it, was, it was all yeah. the things. And so, yeah, I think it'd be good for us uh, because this podcast aims to uh, help people grow in the gospel. <laughs> what is it that we mean by gospel? So let's just start there and to spend the next few uh, moments kind of defining what we mean by gospel. And first and foremost, we know gospel means good news, right? Mm -hmm. 
it's it's good news and just that in and of itself should be a a little bit of a hint news is meant to be declared news is meant to be announced you know talk to me about that news well yeah the news of the day so if for us for our faith what's the news that we're sharing right so what's the news that we're declaring and announcing and and when we have different definitions and when it's a buzzword uh we might miss out on the message, right? So even in our own world, you pick one channel and you get a flavor of what the news is and you flip to the other channel and Mm -hmm. it's a totally different news and a paradigm and you get to kind of pick your poison. But in faith and with the gospel, it's we should, as believers, have a rally cry that we're saying that's the news that we're proclaiming and sharing. Mm -hmm. And then the first part of that is it's good. Well, what's good about it? (laughs) And, uh, And that has various takes as well. So, and sometimes the gospel that's proclaimed and declared uh, is anything but good. (laughs) It feels like burden instead of, it's burden news. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So it's very, very important for us to, to know what this news is. Again, news is meant to be declared. It's meant to be announced. We talk a lot about live the gospel, live it out, live it out. But first and foremost, it is, it is, it is news of something that has happened and it is meant to be announced and declared. So, uh, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, let's talk about what we mean by the gospel. But first, and they don't think I know a buttload of crap about the gospel, but I do. Okay. Mm, the prophet Ignacio. <laughs> Ignacio. <laughs> I do. But I do. <laughs> okay. So let's jump in. Like, I think it'd be great to start first is what is it not? Let's start there. What, it, what do, when we talk about the gospel, let's talk about what it's not first. And uh, there's a, there's several here I'm going to throw at you and we can just get some, some conversation going here. Uh, the first, the gospel is not good advice. The, the good news is not good advice, you know, because as helpful as tips and tricks may be, uh, the good news of scripture, it's not a list of advice on how to live a better life. And I think a lot of times it can, it can um, be presented in that way. Absolutely. And again, depending on the flavor or bent or denominational background that you come from, uh, that's going to tailor the advice that you give, right? And so it could be well-meaning, and those could actually be good tips, but they aren't good news. Mm-hmm. And they could inadvertently create new rules and systems and burdens on people. And, you know, the buzzword, speaking of buzzword in terms of like the theological like world mm-hmm. for the last decade or more is the moralistic therapeutic deism. So wait, 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 I have to say that again. Moralistic therapeutic deism. So okay. it's the five steps to a better you and the five steps to parenting better and uh-huh. a better marriage. It's. So the good news can be presented in a way, which it shouldn't, but it is often is here's the, here's this like soft, comfy steps to being a better you. This is your Mm -hmm. best life now. (laughs) This is, you know, and, uh, so it's moralistic in the sense of it's, um, like it's about your, your morality. You just want to be good people. You want to be kind and loving and just generous and. Yeah. Great. And, and then, and then in turn, <laughs> therapeutic, nice. I feel really good about who I am because look at the way I gave and served and yeah, we painted that wall in Mexico for the 10th time. And, <laughs> and, and then now it's rooted in this 
well, it's this viewpoint of God is now God's pleased with us and, and, mm. and, and we're earning favor with God. And yeah, isn't that good news? Yeah. And it's, it's deism, deistic in the sense that it's a God, but not a personal God. Totally. It's yeah. this ambiguous figure in the, the sky who God it, is so great. He set things in yeah. motion. He's so good. <laughs> totally is. <laughs> I mean, literally he's so good. Literally. I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So the good news, we have to, we have to draw the distinction of what is good news and what is good advice. And like you were saying, Dom, I love that, it, that good advice can be helpful at, at times, but it also can come across as like, here's something that you need to do. Here's, here's what you need to do. And again, that that's at the heart is not good news. No, I think it leads to burnout, honestly. I mean, right. Just a month ago, we were creating resolutions for how to get healthier and get our finances better. And here's all the date nights we're going on as couples or if mm-hmm. you're single, here's all the ways you're going to attract a partner. You know, here's how you're going to climb the ladder in, in your work. Yeah. And, and come February, you're, you're burnt out on it because you read all the articles and podcasts and interviews and you're mm-hmm. like, cool, I got all these tips and I haven't started a single one or I'm, I'm tired of them and I'm looking for a new strategy and strategy is super fun, but it's, not good news that we want to tether our lives to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. Okay. So there's a few other uh, that are connected, but let's jump to this one real quick. Uh, the gospel is not Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. What? Dude. It says the gospel of Matthew in my Bible. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> the gospel. Yeah. So I, I just, yeah, exactly. We, we grew up and we kind of inherited this, uh, the gospel, the gospels. The synoptic gospels. Yeah. Yep. They are the gospel accounts of the life and ministry of Jesus, but, and they contain the gospel, but the books in and of themselves are not the gospel. No, they're pointing to the good news that Jesus came to bring and usher and, and present in that. So the sum of them points to yeah. the good news yeah. <laughs> and the person of Jesus. It, totally. And this may sound like, okay, no, duh, man, dumb. Wow. This is great. But I think it's really important. People you know, will associate when they hear the term gospel, they will tend to think, oh, the gospels. I know that of the, the first four books of the new Testament. And so, uh, yeah, so, uh, they, they contain the gospel, but they in the, in and of themselves are not the gospel. Um, so, okay. Another one is, and I've heard this before. I don't know if you've, if you've heard this one, Dom, but the gospel is not Hey guys, I got good news for you here. All we all we have to do is love God, love others. Mm, that'll preach. That'll preach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Summed up in this: love God, love others. Guys, it's it's so simple. I mean, we can just boil it all down to just let's just love God, love others. Why is that not gospel? Well, it's law, <laughs> and it's Jesus specifically answering a question. Uh, yeah. In an entrapment moment of them trying to say, "What's the greatest?" It's a trap. What's the greatest? commandment of them all and in in that moment he does a ninja theological move on the religious folk of the day and says here's the sum of the ten commandments and it's this yeah. five of them point to this and five of them point to this love god love others and so he's not saying that that is uh, the foundation mm. for life he's answering a very specific question in that moment so tethered to the law if you're living in law here's the greatest of them. Yeah. And then in that moment, they're stuck and go, oh, he's kind of smart. <laughs> he beat us at our own trap. He knows a buttload, he about, knows about, the, buttload about the gospel. <laughs> How can a man from Nazareth know the buttload about the gospel? 
All right, next one here. The good news is not do more, do better. Mm. And this kind of dovetails um, from what we were just talking about a second ago. When you think about do more, do better, that's a, you know, it can come across as advice and it's a challenge. Uh, but I don't know anybody who receives the call to do more, do better, try harder, come on, get your act together as good news. No, I think about it, you know, I, I work out with my father-in-law every morning and uh, a successful way for me to uh, fail if I'm having a hard time is try harder. (laughs) (laughs) That's not inspiring or good news in that moment or man, I'm sucking at this category of life right now. Mm. Well, bro, you just need to do harder like stuff. Uh, That's not, that's not life giving. That's not good news. It feels defeating. It feels uh, like you just added more burden onto me. And Mm. I think it's an easier gospel to preach. Yeah. How so? Because it's very, uh, it's systematic. Like, here's the three things that you can do better. Yeah. So if you just pray more. Okay. If you read that starts your, with a P. I'm yeah, P. Pray, pray more. Uh, you have a personal time in, in yeah, God's okay. word. Yeah, okay, second P. That's good. This is preaching. This is good. <laughs> and I'm trying to think of another P. People, <laughs> meaning community. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a very easy metric to say, oh, I'm living out the gospel. Mm-hmm. I prayed more. I got it on my phone. It says pray five minutes a day. Mm. I'm reading the same passage of scripture that I've read for the last five years. And I, yeah. you know, get stuck at the chapter two of John or whatever. And then I got some people in my life where I talk about it and I talk about how hard it is to pray and how hard it is to, to have a personal time in God's word. Yeah. And then we all just go to each other and say, dude, totally <laughs> just do more and do better. <laughs> and we'll see you next week. <laughs> Yeah, it's a that is uh it's so true. I mean, but if you if you're paying attention to and not to throw any any sermons, I mean, I could just throw a bunch of my own messages and sermons under the bus. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if we're paying attention, a lot of times the messages that we hear, the sermons that we hear, will ultimately be boiled down to a list of that can be summarized as, hey, just do these things, do more, do better. Maybe it's not overtly said that way, but it's implied in uh, its application. So yeah, so the, the good news is not a, a call for, you know, more action. Come on, guys, let's get it together. Uh, one more, one more. Uh, the good news is not a do-over. Mm, talk about that. What do you mean by I do-over? Mean, so a do-over, I mean, that sounds like a really good thing, right? We talk about, I want to turn over a new leaf. I want to, you know, I need a redo. Uh, but here's the thing. It's like just turning over a new leaf, getting a redo. I don't know about you, but I'm just going to fail again. Mm-hmm. And a redo is not what I need. You know, I don't need a second chance. I need a, in the words of Paul, a second Adam. Mm. And what I mean by that and what scripture lays out, especially, you know, Paul, he talks about this in Romans is that you know, Adam, the very first man, was our representative, and when he when he fell, we all fell. When he died, we all died, and we were in him. And Jesus comes as the second Adam to represent humanity. And in his life, when we're placed in Christ, you know, we get his life. So he, we don't need a another chance to be a better Adam. You know, we need we need a second Adam. We need the we need Christ. Right, and I think again in that do-over, it points itself to the first point. It's it's not uh, a system of 
good advice. Yeah. So they all could probably fall under that one category of, yeah, do over. What that leads me to go is, uh, man, I keep messing up on the same stuff over and over again. And now God's mad at me Mm -hmm. and I'm going to come to him and ask for forgiveness. And he gives me a do over. And then I keep doing that in perpetuity. Yeah. And And the, the good part of that is, okay, I'm forgiven in that. The bad part of that is in that moment until I feel like I've repented or asked for forgiveness enough. Uh, God's angry with me. Mm. He's distant. He's far off. I'm living in failure and uh, shame. Yeah. You know, like Adam and Eve, there's sin in the garden, and their first thing they do is hide and clothe themselves. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm like my forefather, I'm doing the same thing. Hiddenness, shame, cutting off relationship where God's going, where are you? I don't think he's the omniscient God is asking where in the garden have you gone? Yeah. Come out, come out. Ali, Ali oxen free. (laughs) I think it's maybe perhaps more of a relational question. Where are you? Yeah. You know, and, and so that's not good news. Mm. That's shame, hiding, masking, and doing that system forever. Yeah. And it sounds like a new slavery instead of freedom that comes from good news. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's something cool about the idea of a, a do-over. And I think it's, it's maybe a shadow. It's a small taste test of what we do get uh, in Christ. But the gospel's such better news than just a do-over and a, a redo or a second chance. You know, Dude, it, give it, me some good news. It's so, it's, <laughs> it's so much better. So let's, well, before we move on, anything else that you would add to what the gospel is not? I think the, the last thing that, or there could probably be a ton, but for time's sake, I think the one I would add is that it can be known and um, that it's not, it's not special knowledge to the pastor on staff who has, who's become the master of divinity and have you mastered the divine? Have you, have yeah. you mastered it? You know, I'm a doctorate in it now. <laughs> um, and that's not a knock on theological education. We should be growing in our faith and understanding and gaze of who God is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can be known. So it's not like buy the Cracker Jack box, get the special decoder ring, and now you can understand this unique mystery that's only for the elect. It's God brought good news and did it in such a way that the, the most common, basic, rudimentary level, he came down from an, an infinite God, came down to finite man and met us where we were at to usher in good news in a way that we could understand and yet that's such good news that we could gaze on it for eternity and still be wowed by it. Yes. Yes, that's good. What about you? Would you add anything? Uh, I mean, there's a whole category in here, and I don't want to get into the, the, the nitty-gritty right now. The nitty-gritty. Uh, but uh, the role, I mean, that the gospel is not law. There's different categories in Scripture. And really what we're talking about there of, uh, um, you know, love, like we mentioned earlier, love God, love others. Um, how we ought to live our lives. There's a lot of, of stuff in Scripture, even not just in the Old Testament, but in the New, um, commands, imperatives uh, that that fall that are their instructions for for living. But we have to understand those instructions. We can't understand. We shouldn't treat those instructions as those are good. That's good news. Those things flow out of the good news. Yeah, so, 
even when we talk about, you know, we, we wanted to name this podcast, you know, growing in the gospel, loving like family, live on mission, you know, loving like family, live on mission. Those things can, those technically are, those are things that out, um, that come from the source of the, what the gospel does in us mm. and what it produces in our lives. They're not uh, the gospel in them, of themselves, you know. Totally. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, so yeah, let's transition uh, into, well, we know what the gospel's not. Uh, we talked a little bit about that. What is the good news? You know, and there's many ways that we could talk about this and describe it. Let me just throw out a disclaimer real quick. Disclaimer time. I wish I had a little jingle for that. Dun, 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 dun. Disclaimer time. So the gospel of God's grace is unfathomable. So on one hand, you know, when we think that we have it figured out, we don't. And I, all throughout scripture, we, we, we read about God's love and his grace being beyond human comprehension, you know, beyond our knowledge. And so whatever we think of God's grace and that whatever words we use to describe it, we're only scratching at the surface. I just want to throw that out there that Dom and I are not sitting here uh, having, hey, here it is. Here's the, here's the final full, like here's what it is. We're, we're scratching at the surface. We're on this journey, but it's, there's so much beauty <laughs> in what the gospel is. And we, and like you mentioned, Dom, that can be known. And so we're, we're going to just talk through, here's some different aspects um, of what the gospel is. And it, we thought that it would be cool just to uh, break it down into different words. And so we're going to cover over the next few episodes uh, different words that define and describe what the gospel is. And today we're just going to probably hit on maybe one or two, see how much time we got here. Uh, so first things, first, let's use the, the first word. The gospel is forgiveness. 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 This is, I mean, there's no order to these words, right? No. In terms of importance. Is it an acrostic? <laughs> Shoot. Shoot. Dang it. Uh, yeah, they all start with a letter. Great. Yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> what do we mean by forgiven? <laughs> yeah. Forgiveness. I mean, that is a huge, huge part of the gospel. And many people will, when they think about the gospel, when you hear it presented, we hear about forgiveness of sins. It's a huge, huge piece of it that we, um, we are all sinners. We're born into this world as sinners and we are desperate for forgiveness and Jesus comes, he lives, his per, lives a perfect life, he dies his death on the cross. We read about this throughout scripture, that, that, the, that his death, you know, that we we've, are given forgiveness of sins by his death. And it, that the forgiveness that we receive, and I think this is huge, the forgiveness that we receive because of what Christ did on the cross is once for all, not little by little. Mm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And let's riff on that a little bit. So what, what's the implication of once for all versus little by little? How does that practically play out in in life and my understanding of what the gospel is and what it isn't? Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know about you. I grew up with this understanding that, um, okay, the cross was forgiveness of sins. I'm forgiven until I sin. Mm-hmm. my sins are removed as far as the east is from the west. Can you picture that? Mm-hmm. Mm. And until I sin. Yeah. <laughs> God, he, for, he remembers my sins no more until I sin. Until you sin. <laughs> and then it's all bad news. And then it's all bad news. <laughs> but then I can come back and I can get more forgiveness. 
And so it began, it began to feel, and my understanding of it is just forgiveness was something I had to continually go back and get. And what we see, especially in Hebrews, you know, nine and 10, that there's a once and for allness that happened at the cross that Jesus died and he died once. And through that, that sacrificial death, we are given, we're given forgiveness of sins and he's not in heaven right now dying on a cross over and over and over and over again. You know, that there was an old, in the Old Testament, under an old covenant, there was repeated sacrifices that happened for forgiveness of sins, right? Yeah, almost 500 years set up of a place of worship, and yeah, here's how you set up the tabernacle and a place of meeting, and here's the rules for the priests, and you got a bull? No. You got a sheep? No. You got a bird? No. You got some dung? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Lots of blood, yeah. lots of sacrifice, There's repeated. A, a messy job all day long. Yeah. Constantly. And we see Jesus come and he dies a death once for all. And there's, uh, so I think when we talk about the gospel, when we talk about forgiveness of sins, it, it's, it's an amazing thing that the death of Christ was sufficient. Yeah. And he came in and really, you know, he brings in a new covenant, right? So the, the old covenant was one of, here's how you have to come to me. I'm a holy God. You've messed up. You need to make sacrifices. The only way to make things right is through the remission of blood. Mm. And here's this, here's this covenant now that we have together. And Jesus turns that upside down and, you know, he says it's finished. So if it's finished, what's finished what is the it that he's talking about and yeah. in many ways it's the system of the way that you could approach me it's you know he dies and the veil is torn in the holy of holies which only one person could go in at time you know we could go on that forever but in a sense it's that curtain's torn there's been a way uh you can come to him you know as paul says you can come now to the throne room of grace with boldness and confidence well why? How can I approach a holy God? Well, mm. because I'm forgiven and because of the finished work of Jesus, I stand forgiven and viewed as right before a holy God because of Jesus. Yes. Hebrews 10 says, uh, 11 through 14, day after day, every priest, that's what we're talking about, this, mm-hmm. this old covenant um, thing. So every priest stands and performs his religious duties again and again and again and again. <laughs> he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest, capital P, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool because by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are the holy ones. There's cool imagery there too of, you know, the, the priests probably, they weren't sitting down much. They're standing. They're constantly working. Constantly. Yeah. yeah. That's why they retired at 50, you know, <laughs> they were done. My body's <laughs> done. I can only do so much of this. Yeah. And then we see Christ, he sits down, the, the work is done. So yeah, there's a lot to, a lot to be said there, but forgiveness is huge. Um, this is something else that I, I pick up on. And this is all, you know, stuff I'm still uh, learning and figuring out uh, until I master the divine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> know that when, when we talk about the gospel, a lot of times it's just forgiveness. And that's what people mean. And they, they are, they're 
it's the cross and we make a big deal about the cross. It's huge. I mean, we have jewelry of the cross. We have a cross in our worship center, front center, well lit. It's the centerpiece of the Christian life. It's the symbol. Uh, but that's not the whole story. Yeah. I, so <laughs> we've talked about this maybe before, but for another time, I've always wondered why the cross is our symbol and not an empty tomb. Mm. Uh, Let's start making some jewelry. <laughs> like there's just, you know, maybe we can go in the business of making empty tombs that are <laughs> erected into <laughs> sanctuaries and worship centers. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, it's a great, great question. The empty tomb, I mean, that should be really the, the icon. If we're talking icons, that, I mean, that it's the cross and the resurrection. Sure. The cross was a method that he canceled, the, but yeah, it only becomes that because he resurrected and Mm -hmm. defeated death and the mastery of sin by showing that like if he was still dead, we'd still be searching for, we'd still be dead in our sins, (laughs) still dead in our sins, which brings us to the word two word number two. So word number one, forgiven, forgiven starts with an F Mm -hmm. Um, word. Number two is simply new with the silent F in front of it. (laughs) (laughs) new. No, and so what, one way to think about this and what we were just talking about is forgiveness is maybe side one of the coin. If, there, if, the gospel is, if there's a gospel coin to it, uh, side one, there's forgiveness. And the other side of it is new. And this is really, I think, really, really important for Christians to grasp. And not a lot of people do. There's a lot of fixation on the cross, and rightly so. But there's the other side of the coin is you are raised to the newness of life. You are new. You're a new creation. Uh, one way to think about this is that there's everything that went down on Friday, on Good Friday, but there's also Sunday. Mm-hmm. And let's not, we don't want to get stuck just living our lives on Friday where it's just, okay, forgiveness. And then I messed up again. Oh, I need more forgiveness. I messed up again. I need more forgiveness and just rinse and repeat constantly, constantly. There's no, like, what does it mean to live in Sunday? Mm. To live from that place of, of resurrection life, resurrection power in the everyday stuff of life. That the, resu- the resurrection wasn't just to prove that God had power over death. I mean, Jesus had already proved that, right? He had raised Lazarus from the dead. He's got power over that. He holds the keys. There was something, there was something very significant that happened mm-hmm. on Sunday, and so this ties into the gospel. The good news is that you're not just forgiven and then left to your own devices. Go ahead and try to live that life that you're supposed to live as a forgiven person. No, you're just going to complete, you're going to continue to mess up, mess up. You need to know that you're new, that you're a new creation. You have a new heart. You have a, a, a new, alive spirit. You're spiritually united with God. Uh, yes, newness. Why would this matter, Dom? So I, 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 a lot of things I think about, but I, think about Ephesians 2 at that point of, so what I brought or what you brought to uh, this equation is you brought a dead body. (laughs) And while dead in sin or enemies of the cross, God who is rich in mercy made us alive in Christ. So he he gives us a newness. And so the, you pull out the decoder ring and just start looking at the message of what's being shared throughout this new covenant in the new Testament and new is a buzzword, but in a good way, it's here's a new operating system for, for yeah. those in Christ. 
the old is gone and the new has come. So I'm not becoming new over time, mm. but I'm made new. So he, he, he's put a dead thing and brought it back to life, yeah. just like he did on the cross. He, he masters death, and now he's in the business of making dead things alive mm. and new. You know, And maybe another analogy is that he, he's put a new operating system in there. And, you know, I love Romans. He's, he's put a new identity in there. So not, a, not only am I physically new, but I'm, I have a new identity. I'm, I'm a child where I've been given a spirit of adoption. So now I belong to a new kingdom, uh, the, the language of father is now introduced and, and now I have a, f- a heavenly father and I'm his son who I can cry out to. You see first John that how great is the love that he's lavished on us that should be called children of God. And, and that's who you are. So yeah, you're not an enemy. You're not distant. You're totally forgiven. You're totally new. And now in that newness, that's good news. You're not becoming more of a son. You are his son. And or his daughter, and now you get to walk in that newness of life, and yeah, and so that's good news because now it's like, oh, I'm new, but I still have the propensity to go back to old. Versus, I'm old, trying to muster up the faith and the forgiveness to become yeah. new, and someday I'll get there, but not on this side of heaven. Yeah, a couple um, analogies that I um, that that totally illustrate this really well. I mean, first is parenting. I mean, right, like when you were. When your kids were born, I'll just, well, I'll say Archie. When Archie was born, uh, he was born into this world as a tiny, like helpless little, you know, <laughs> you know, just a, a completely unable to do anything for himself. But he was a hundred percent fully a Carlson. Totally, he was a hundred percent my son. He's growing up. He's a few years old now, and he's learning what it looks like to to walk in his identity, to walk out what it what it looks like to live life here as a Carlson, but he's not becoming more Carlson. Right. He's not becoming more of my son. He's just maturing into who he already is. Mm-hmm. And the, the other analogy that I love is just, I mean, it's the exact same thing, but just kind of using trees. Like there's a little, a little oak sapling, you know, that is not going to grow up over time and become oakier. <laughs> you know, it, it matures. It's already got everything that it, it you know, all of the, the things that make up an oak tree are all embedded in it. And just over time, it just becomes, it matures. It becomes more of who it already is. Totally. Of what it already is. I, and I'm thinking of like, I instantly thought of Bambi in that moment. Ooh, Bambi's learning. I love a good Bambi so, quote. Like, where Bambi's learning to walk, like Bambi's fully like integrated into that family and is just learning how to walk in newness, mm-hmm. but is new. It's, it's yeah. New, Bambi's a new creation, but it's trying to figure out like, <laughs> how do I do this walking thing? Yeah. And it can be awkward and clumsy. Oh, and it's so messy. It's so clumsy. Uh, and, you know, part of the disclaimer we probably could have said in the beginning is that uh, not only is this good news that we're sharing to others, it's good news for us. And we're yes very much Bambi learning to walk in newness. <laughs> uh, but that's good news is that I don't, I'm not becoming new. I already am new. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, um, constantly perpetually trying to seek forgiveness. I'm already forgiven and come back into a joyous moment to be like, I can't believe you're that good. God, like, I can't believe the good news is that good for me that to the extent that I went and to the extent that I forgot my newness, the gospel was sufficient enough and good enough that 
I'm reminded that I don't have to like earn my way back to you, but I'm already forgiven. I'm already new. I'm already your son. Yep. The end. And whatever it was that I was doing was not because I believed that too much. (laughs) It was because I forgot it. Right. It was because I, I had a, a lapse of, of memory of understanding my identity. I began to live as someone I'm not. And that really, I mean, I think that's kind of the definition or maybe not that definition, but that's one of the definitions of sin is I'm, I'm, I'm trying to obtain something that I, I already possess in Christ and I'm using old habits, old patterns, old, uh, methodologies, you know, that's what I think scripture means by the flesh. They're all the old ways that we would, we would use to seek to get our needs met. And it's not it's just, it's gospel amnesia. You know, it's forgetting who we are. And I think when you read through Romans, and I love Romans 6, it's just that Paul, he just was trying to, he wants to drive home. Here's who you are. Here's what happened to you. Here's what happened to you on that Friday. Here's what happened to you on that Sunday. Like, you died. Your old man, like, died, buried, gone. You were resurrected to the newness of life. You were now dead to sin, alive to God. Walk in that. Learn who you are in Christ totally. and, and walk in that day by day. Yeah, I mean, even you go six chapters more and it's, what's the reminder? It's it's to renew your mind and don't conform to the pattern. Yes. But the pattern is not your identity. <laughs> your identity is that you're new in Christ, you're forgiven in Christ, you're justified and made right in Christ. Mm, that's good. So continually remind yourself of that and it's going to take work just like Bambi walking. The work is not growing into becoming new and growing into finally being loved by God. It's you are forgiven. You are new, but you have to remind yourself of that because there's a world around you and a pattern of the world that's saying everything contrary to that. Yeah. So, yeah, I love it. I mean, I wish, I wish, you know, if I was God, I would have, no, I, I wish that when we, when God saved us, that he wiped uh, the hard drive completely clean. Oh, men in black moment. Just yeah, look in the just, light. <laughs> yeah. But all, that's the thing with, with salvation. When God saves us, when we, are, when we are born anew, born of the spirit, born of God, he doesn't wipe away all of the, 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 the software. The hardware or the operating system is brand new, but there's still the old patterns and habits. That's why we are uh, implored to uh, be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We're not trying to be transformed by the renewing of like make our, make, make the old man dead and, you know, make ourselves born again or just it, that has happened. That's finished. It's renewing of the mind, all of the old habits, patterns, and things that are ingrained. And that's, uh, I love that our identity is what will help us navigate that because that, like you're saying that that is not our sin. Like we are not our sin. We are not what we do. Thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> Good things or bad things. It's, yeah. we are not what we do. We are what Christ has done for us. Mm-hmm. So it's done, not do, which is great. Yes. Yeah. Done, not do. Done, not do. I love it. All right, Dom. Uh, this has been rad. Uh, Two words to begin to unpack uh, what the gospel is, forgiveness and newness. Mm. Um, we should probably wrap this episode up. Any last comments here before we do? I, I think, you know, this could be 100 podcasts. And the cool part is that it's an incomplete conversation. 
And so the hope, again, I think we shared it in the first episode, is that uh, take this to people now that you trust and love and yeah. flesh this out together. What are the real world implications of that? Uh, just before this podcast, I'm sharing a story of being a father of two teenagers and mm. uh, confronting sin and how to do that. And the tendency and the easy way is to come with all the things that the gospel is not. Mm. A list of rules, you know, behavior modification. Uh, and instead, thankfully in that moment, last night, was able to lead with identity. Mm. And it's messy. It doesn't feel finished in some ways because it's constantly reminding of identity. Um, but that's the whole point I think that we want for all of us is to lean into that and lead with that. Lead with this in your conversations and in your everyday life. And uh, let's see what God does in that. And so I think that's where I'd end it today is flesh it out with community. That's good. Mm. That is good. Good news. Yeah, it's a great opportunity for us to be speaking truth over one another, the truth of Christ, truth and love. Um, so this has been great. I know, right? So awesome. Totally. <laughs> All right, man. Well, that does it for another episode of the Grow, Love, Live podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. And um, remember, we're all in it together. We are in this together. <laughs>